Welcome to the Infinite Attraction Podcast, where we uncover, rediscover, and riff on Miami tech culture with a human-centric take on the builder community. We are your boots on the ground to help you navigate all that's happening in the magic city. We dive into art, music, business, wellness, fitness, psychedelics, and any exploration into living well. I'm Elizabeth Irizarry. And I am going to go full Scott Galloway, skip my name, and just say I am so excited to have our two guests on today. Chris Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a good one. A super, super timely uh, guest we have on. We have Saif uh, Ishouf and Mike Sarasi. We're going to talk about Miami Corn. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of initiatives the Suarez Venture Team is putting together. Uh, But first, let's uh, let's read the news. Let's talk about it. So I I don't know, but I was away this weekend, and I was in Scottsdale for her bachelorette, which I had no idea was, like, insane over there. But anyway, I had people, like, talk about this TikTok, some girl missing, and I was like, I don't know. I don't have TikTok. But apparently, it's all over the news, and some girl, 22-year-old girl went missing, and, Mm -hmm. like, TikTok people are trying to solve it. I'm like, why? Was that the van life girl? I don't. Dude, I'm I'm still catching up with the news here. Like some amateurs, you know, detectives on TikTok flooding it, trying to figure out what happened to this girl. Now, like it's got like I don't know how many views. And is this really the future? People trying to like uncover, like detective. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we know that the the powers that be are looking for us and can track us at any time. And I think that would be a pretty good opportunity for us to, you know, decentralize that that process. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a version 900 of the milk carton. But will people not just do it just to, you know, gain like popularity, gain an audience? I don't know. I, I thought about that. And I was like, are they just posting just to get hits because now this like girl has i don't know how many hits like it's insane like people i don't think actually care i'm not sure it was an inside job i don't know you know i'm not gonna (laughs) i can't speak to it because i obviously don't know enough but the emmys what about that did Mm -hmm. you watch that because i didn't no 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 (laughs) but i but i heard i heard someone say that uh it was basically they were airing their own funeral which i thought was hilarious because uh because i think they got one uh, network television got like one nomination uh for like colbert or something and then just it got ran away everything just got ran away with like the queen's gambit one big i don't know the other ones that one big i don't really pay attention but uh they were all non-network stuff all just like one of these hulus or amazon pluses or netflix yeah the only i the one thing i did here was that NS, the snl episode with elon musk won an emmy for outstanding contemporary makeup for a variety non-fiction wow isn't that i didn't know they had a wow. category for that that's so weird it sounds so made up maybe that's that's the problem they didn't have enough categories i think i won that too nice the met gala also happened but i think that gets scarier every year so i just like see like the Instagram posts of what the people wore, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's the point. I think those things are all going to have to go away. Like, sounds like a lot of waste of money and time. Uh, who was in the Wraith costume? Was that like was that a Jenner? Like, so, there was someone just in all black. All black. Oh, yeah. I think that was a, one of the Kardashians. Was the oh, the, yeah, was that a Kardashian? No, it was one of the Kardashians. But that all black. Yeah, that there was a lot of memes on that. I'm remembering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, that was good. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. And... Yeah. Oh my gosh. So also in the news, um, I think I saw that the. This was really funny. Um, a white paint created at Purdue University has been named the whitest paint ever made. I don't know why I thought that was hilarious with, to mm. my designer friends who like have to explain to people that there are different shades of white. There's another one now. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. There's an even whiter white 
Uh, we call that the Palm Beach Island white. And uh, <laughs> But now there's more white. So random fact, I just loved it. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so we got bad news for the league Dow. Uh, apparently, uh, SoftBank has made an, uh, an investment into an, a sports NFT platform. I think they're doing uh, fantasy football. I literally just saw the tweet uh, from Marcelo from SoftBank on the way in there. And um, yeah, I, I don't understand. It, it's, it's, I think it is a Dow. But then how, I mean, to me, if I sold to SoftBank, I would understand that I own virtually no part of my business anymore. And how are they really, how are they, how are they decentralizing? Like, I feel like, I feel like, doesn't that, isn't that like just a polar opposite? Like, how can SoftBank own it or like not even own it and just invest in it and be a part of it? And then I still feel like I own part of this too. I feel like I would just, you know, that like the, can you, can you own the lion's share? How does that work? To me, that's just like a oxymoron and if you know the answer to that let us know yeah in the comment section what else you got for me in other news it's officially uh on wednesday fall can you believe that yeah, where I did can. their year go i can't it's i fall. feel it i feel it tomorrow I feel it. tomorrow everyone, is wednesday and tomorrow is fall everyone's everyone well, yeah, fall yeah. for miami you know what i mean everyone's like oh when's this weather gonna break i'm like aren't you outside it broke like three weeks ago it feels a lot better out does welcome it, to florida welcome no. To, no it's definitely way better <laughs> Definitely, definitely way better. I mean, it's not going to get actually cool until February, but... Uh, mm -hmm. Well, that means it's time to invite our guests because we really don't have uh, enough to talk about, but because this deserves the time. Let's yeah. do it. So this week on the show, we have Mike Sarazzi, CIO, City of Miami, and we also have Saif Ishuf. Saif is a vice president of engagement at FIU and senior advisor Welcome. It's In good other to have words, you. they need no introduction. <laughs> Actually, hold on. Yes, let's redo this. We have the two most popular people in Miami in the room. Welcome. The connector and chief. And, and then Mike over there, over there, uh, the, the chief innovation officer of the city of Miami. That's that's a coveted title, but it's not a new title, is it? It's not a new title. I'm about uh, five and a half years in at the city now. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years as innovation officer, then as innovation officer and information officer, and maybe data officer. They just keep throwing stuff at me, and then now venture Miami officer, so, yeah. <laughs> officer. Um, well, just add officer to everything. Yeah, so it's first, and I, I, I've said this before. It's it was pretty cool that the city of Miami had the first chief innovation officer in the region. It's not that cool that it was me. It's more important that the city, well before this movement happened, designated this position. It was it was really one of the probably the main reason that I I, I shifted over from the county to the city. It's because they said innovation was important, um, and that's been great. Obviously, that had a trajectory, and here we are. Yeah, well, well done. You really, you really, you really caught that wave. I like, did. You, like, you had, you Early had this, on, man. You had that nice stride. You had that nice long pulls in the water, and then just like <laughs> the movement has arrived. So, so Saif, tell me, like, how did you join the team? How did this all happen? Let's start with. Let's back up a little bit. Venture Miami. What does that mean? How did it start? And why? You, you want, like, the origin story in the comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah give exactly. it to me. I want okay. it to sound so, exciting. I think exactly. that... And guys, talk once real upon close a time. to the mic, too. All right, so the, the origin story in the in the comic book uh, launch of Venture Miami goes back, of course, to Mayor Suarez's famous tweet that went around the world on December 4th when Delian from Founders Fund put out there, hey, guys, what if we move Silicon Valley to Miami? And the mayor uttered the now famous four words, 
mm-hmm. how can I help? You're wearing the shirt. I'm wearing the shirt. I feel like after we say, how can I help? We need like uh, an air horn or something. <laughs> like that. There we go. Right. Um, so uh, after that happened, I've known the mayor a long time in the same way Mike, Mike has known the mayor a long time. And Mayor Suarez and I had a conversation and he said, we need to stand up an operational back end for this entire movement. And uh, we we had a conversation, and I I work at FIU as a vice president of engagement, which is a fancy way of saying partnerships. And so we figured out a way for me to come on loan to the city to serve as the senior advisor for innovation and tech, but more importantly to partner with the mayor, Mike, and a few others in launching this Venture Miami team. And uh, we figured it out pretty quickly. I mean, over the course of December, (laughs) literally we all worked through the holidays Thinking about it, the mechanics, myself, Mike, our other colleagues like Keith Carswell, Kevin Ruiz, and then ultimately Melissa Krinsman. And uh, it was like the Avengers assembling. And um, uh, almost immediately in that first week of January, we were in a conference room thinking through what are the operational mechanics of getting going. And uh, that was... uh, in Miami time of the pandemic five years ago, but in reality, <laughs> we're in September and that was in January. Yeah, I remember seeing the yeah. decal going up on that, you know, glass and then there was a picture. I'm like, oh, this is this is happening. It's a, it, it got real quite fast. I mean, I, I full confession when it initially happened, us being here in Miami for some time, we go through our hype cycles. Right. And I was like, all right, well, this will be the thing for like a couple of weeks. It's super cool. It's calling attention to the city. But just like everybody else, it's just another another run at it. To credit to the mayor, like really shortly after that, he saw the opportunity. Like I was getting a phone call. He's like, "Hey, I need you in the office like this week," which at the time really wasn't happening. No, right? not so yet. So he was pulling in the troops yeah. as Un. He's like, "There's something here." Um, really early on, which had us working through December. Like we were now in week three, and we're like, "This is still catching some traction and still moving." And by January, we were in full force on this newly formed team, and he had us in the office, again, at a time where we were still kind of doing half remote. So we organized very quickly, and and it set the trend for us just like this is turning the moment into a movement, and as things are coming, let's not make sure we're not missing any opportunity and just creating this flywheel effect. So that the, the pattern was set really early on to do that. Um, so the purpose of the team exactly is... So the breakdown when we think about Venture Miami and as the mayor likes to call it, we went from seed to IPO overnight. And uh, when when we sat down and really whiteboarded it, we we tried to look at the, the range of things that were happening. And we realized first and foremost, we needed to create a mechanism for a concierge support for inbound funders and founders. So that was really critical. We were really fortunate that we were able to get on our team a, a, a partner by the name of Kevin Ruiz, who came to us on loan from the DDA. Kevin is the best business development person in the 305. Mm. He also has something that our team calls Kevin Math, which is basically (laughs) he knows back of the envelope exactly at any moment how many companies, who they are, where they are, that have moved in. And so somebody will ask Mike Mike and myself or – Melissa or Keith a question and we'll say we need to go back to Kevin Math because Kev will Kevin be <laughs> Kev, Kev will say I will give you the most updated Salesforce pull as of two seconds ago. So we need we know we needed to focus on inbound support, re- really just touch points with these folks that were coming in that were both strategic around office space, helping them better understand the lay of the land, but also some of it was human support, right? Helping them think through where they might want to live, 
you know, who's a great dog walker, where they might want to send their kids to school, all of those types of human elements of moving in. The second aspect of our of our work has really been around talent, 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 both job seekers that are trying to get in on the opportunities and then businesses that at volume that we're coming in trying to hire. So the third pillar for us is diversity, equity and inclusion. Uh, it matters a lot. In Miami, uh, we like to say that DEI is not the kids' table at Thanksgiving, but rather it's our competitive advantage. And uh, and if we want to be able to maximize and play to win, then we're going to operate in a way that uh, DEI is not performative. It's actually real. It's embedded in our DNA. Fourth element for us is really focused on regional collaboration. We don't need to be all things to all people. We need to really find a way to make sure that we're leading the league in assists. We don't need to mm-hmm. basketball analogy. Yeah. doesn't mean to say we have to score every goal ourselves, but if we can effectively pass the ball off to Miami-Dade College or pass the ball off to the Chamber or pass the ball off to Broward College or some other regional entity. And then the, the final pillar for us, which was really important, especially for Mike and I and Keith and Kevin and Melissa, who are all 305 natives, is making sure that there's only one innovation ecosystem. The, uh, and that, that sounds complex, but really what we mean by that is the idea that there's a lot of new-to-market folks. There are people who've been building a long time. Mike and myself and the team, mm-hmm. we're not big on this term new Gs and OGs. We're all just Gs jamming together. Mm-hmm. Right? And the idea of bifurcating a market really doesn't help us get anywhere because we're all from somewhere. We're all on a journey. And if we lean in, uh, in that final pillar of the idea we're building one innovation ecosystem that happens day by day. It doesn't occur overnight. Uh, it means that we need to be building, and Mike's the technologist, but we need to be building APIs all over the place. Uh, in my world, I like to call them just universal Lego pieces. So that's really the breakdown of what we've been focused on and jamming on as per the mayor's vision this last nine and a half, ten months. So there are plenty of other municipalities. Are we sharing best practices? You know, I've been working with the Beacon Council quite a bit on amplifying Miami tech where it doesn't just sit within what we call Miami. And I do that in quote because you know how that works. So are we sharing best practices? And I'm sure the answer is yes. But how how are we doing that? I'll I'll get just to give a couple um, before Saif jumps in. Certainly, I mean, my... 10-year history at Miami-Dade County before the city, so I've got a lot of deep ties there. Um, you, know, you know, Anna Chamas, who's mm-hmm. over at uh, Miami-Dade County working in the Department of Innovation and Technology. I'll be talking to Margaret, uh, the CIO, next week there as well, just to make sure that, like, we're not... We're doing things that are compatible, that our API standards are are right in terms of the way that we interact. Get some clean docs for the developers. Got to make sure. Mm. We're working on that. Good. We're actually working on that. We, we created a, a very crude uh, developer portal that is a starting point for something that we're looking at evolving. That actually comes from ideas that started way back in the county. That you know, I'm I'm on the phone just casually as friends talking with those folks all the time. Um, Raymundo over at Coral Gables is another yeah. friend and partner, and he's, he's amazing. Doing amazing things there. Yeah, and. Obviously, you know, you've got people like Matt over at Beacon Council. These are people that we have a long history with working for years and years. These are our friends that absolutely we're going to be jamming with over time to, you know, as Saif says, we're one innovation innovation ecosystem. Yeah, we're stronger together, obviously, if we come as a community and we're helping each other. That's how we can be, you know, addressing the DEI. Everyone says, oh, Miami is so diverse. Is it? I mean, are we really diverse or do we have diverse people within a community? I'm trying to understand how do we become more inclusive. And I think that part of what I I saw early on, yes, 
we had the conversations of egos coming into place, who owns what ownership. Mm -hmm. And that's just, I don't think that that's the personality that we want to take on. We don't want to be, you know, another story like San Francisco, Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of Silicon Valley, like Passover, that were like, oh, we're going to become, no, we're not. How do we avoid that? So so what I'll say is no one has any illusions that it's not going to be a little messy. It will. It's new. I, I think that's part of our resilience and we have a way of sort of acknowledging that things are going to be maybe a little bit uncomfortable and still doing it, right? Mm-hmm. I think a, a good example is what kind of, we saw it kind of play out publicly on Twitter around the Miami Tech Week last year. At the end of the day, that got worked out, and now you've got different partners coming in for what will be Miami Tech Month, right? It's almost a good thing that it happened because of, it brought awareness, right? So then we, everyone stepped in and, and, and took the conversation, which was in, had the conversation, which I think was important. I agree. I mean, in Miami, we uh, when we embrace discomfort, it unlocks impact. And I think that everything that's happening in this current moment, particularly uh, to, to the question about DEI, is that it, it requires intentionality. Mm-hmm. It requires us to have a presence of mind. And it also requires us to lead with curiosity and make sure that we are truly creating space for those who have not been at the table um, not out of some sort of savior approach, but rather in saying, can we can we be uh, co-creators and solutions making around this? And so for the mayor, uh, you know, even just coming out of the most recent budget process for the city of Miami, he he led uh, in saying we're going to allocate half a million dollars for the Center for Black Innovation. So that just happened. Right. Um, in advance of that, our team said we recognize that uh, women of color disproportionately don't get venture capital dollars. And so the mayor challenged us to say, can we address this? And so we're able to unlock some philanthropy from J.P. Morgan Chase to create a program that's getting stood up now. We're in the process of hiring a director called the Opportunity Program that's going to be specifically focused on creating cohort a cohorted experience, not just for the, the blank check of mentorship, but actually for the substantive input of helping to equip uh, uh, this sort of cohort of founders of color, women of color, to be able to be in the game so we can, again, as part of what we're manifesting in the 305, disproportionately uh, punch back and get more women uh, founders of color at the table, on the cap table. Uh, and so we're mm-hmm. doing that. So it's, again, it's not th- – those things don't are not easy. Uh, and, again, to Mike's point, like in Miami, things can quickly become an un arroz con mango. But in reality <laughs> – but we have to be able to dig in and say, okay, we'll, we'll go at it and we're going to lead with intentionality. And I think that that's something that's been a huge difference maker. And having a member of our team like Melissa Krinsman, who is, I believe, in, in this region, the first ever venture capitalist in residence – who, by the way, also happens to be one of the most consequential regional VCs, who's also a woman, who's also somebody who's deeply embedded, um, I think speaks to the value proposition. Then having somebody like Keith Carswell on our team, who's a senior advisor to the mayor and the city manager, who's been working through issues in urban communities in, in Miami for a very, very long time. So he's always asking the question, uh, how is what we're doing here affecting everyday folks? Mm-hmm. If you're a, if you're a kid and you go to Booker T. Washington or if you go to Miami High, how is this moment that we're having relevant to your reality? And how are we reverse engineering solutions that ensure that they're with us every step of the way? Because it will only become more complex, right? The more attention that yeah. we get, the more people that move to the city, the more growth that happens. It, 
it's only going to become more complex. Obviously, the existing, you know, folks are going to complain a little bit because maybe housing is more expensive now. And there's a lot of layers to it. And, but but it's the reality. We we have to address the reality. Yeah. And we have to listen. And I, I think this comes from our mindset in the innovate in the innovation space. This requires to properly innovate. You have to create feedback loops and you have to make sure that you're you know, you're not just designing something today and you're going to deliver it three years down the line from now. And along the way, you know, whatever we committed to on day one, you, you want this to be involving agile process for us as well even in the design of of what we're doing like an idea we had six months ago if we're listening to the feedback by no means do we think we've got all that right um but we want to keep trying stuff out putting our ear to the ground and making sure that it's working so we invite the feedback i mean i i know siphon and i talk about this all the time and we've talked about it explicitly in meetings like we can't be precious about stuff that we put out there like let's put something out and then let's listen to what's happening because we might not have got it entirely yeah, the right DM, the first the time. Yeah, the DMs are open. And I think one of the examples of that that we're, we're proud of is that during the, the mania of Bitcoin week in June, we looked at it and we saw no disrespect to the Bitcoin 2021 organizers. They're doing what they got to do. The tickets were very expensive. And the mayor right. said, we're going to do our own crypto pre-conference. We're going to make it 100% free. And uh, earlier in the year when there was the impromptu Miami Tech Week, the mayor was concerned, as were all of us, that there might be these curated walled gardens that everyday folks might not be able yeah. to participate. Mm-hmm. And so the mayor said, yo, I'm going to do a cafecito at City Hall. I'm going to tweet out about it and anyone can come. There's no invite. There's no RSVP. There's no there's no velvet rope. Just show up. There's the, the world's largest cafetera. And we're going to have a cafecito. <laughs> and so people can feel that it's a, as we like to say, a nosotros movement. And, and I that's feel what like, it did feel yeah, like that. Is. I think and that was the, the, the defining moment that it felt like yeah. open arms. You can't say, how can I help and not open your mm-hmm. doors? Because then you're becoming very specific about who you invite in the room. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was open source. I mean, Mike and I, we had to work with public safety and all because we're like, who's coming? And like, everyone is coming. Yeah, I don't know how you guys pulled that off. I would have been like two days. Uh, I remember two, two days. days. It was like people that were like, like this would have never happened where I'm from, and they're like, this is crazy <laughs> that this is happening right now. Yeah. And and even we have a friend, mm-hmm. and she's Russian. And she's like, oh my god, this is crazy. I didn't think it was true, but he's right there. I took a picture with him, and it's like, is this happening? They just allowed yeah. everyone to come, and yeah, and then cool yes, moment. they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got my 15 seconds with uh, with Suarez that day. Uh, you as well, you as well, Saif, and uh, and and that's definitely been the hallmark of of this of this movement to, to me anyway. I, I, I've I've run into more uh, San Francisco VCs that just wanted to get a beer and just be thankful to be out of that stuffy yeah. like city over there. And um, and yeah, I I definitely see that you've created it. And yeah, boots on the ground. I this is exactly what I feel. So how do how do we reach out to you? Because you're saying, yes, DM us, but maybe you're not on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we reach out to you without saying, okay, I'm just another person in the list of, I don't know how many people that are trying to get to you, both of you, either of you, the entire team. Because it, it gets to the point where now that it's a lot. It wasn't just a few people reaching out. Now we've got thousands of people reaching out. And everyone wants to help, so... That's part one of my question. My second one is the how can I help is spread to more than you guys as a team. I think to the community. There's a lot of of community supporters, uh, I guess you can call them, that are doing the same thing where they're like, hey, my DMs are open if you want to ask me questions. They're also putting out information from their perspective 
to help, you know, with the interest in the city. Because we also want to, let's say, if, if you're going to come to the city, let me really tell you how it works. Let me make sure that we attract the right people. So I think that it's all of our jobs to be a part of this because it's in our interest as locals to really support, you know, the city's growth otherwise. And we kind of start to fall in the cracks. Well, it's the uh, it's the build with, not for idea, right? We're not trying to build something for the community. We want to build it with, and that requires participation from everybody. How do we uh, go about that here. participation? So I think that the answer is, in fact, the DMs are really open for every member of the Venture Miami team. The mayor's DMs are open. Our LinkedIn accounts are open. I think most of us are at a point where we give away our cell phone numbers. And when we do get those inbound queries, what's happening is that we have a really, really uh, good process of making sure if somebody's coming to us and they're working on something where they want to be able to unlock workforce-related dollars – we can quickly get them in front of CareerSource South Florida and making sure that we're facilitating a warm introduction to Rick Beasley, who leads the Workforce and Investment Board in this community, or whatever other modality that they're seeking out. Maybe mm-hmm. they're inbound and they're interested in getting connected in the philanthropic space. We can get them to Rebecca at the Miami Foundation. We can get them to um, Maria Alonso at the United Way. Um, and so that's one. So we, we're, we've come up with, at this point – uh, at a really good turnaround time for folks that send us a message to any member of the team. And all of us have a sight line on, okay, this message came into Kevin. It's somebody, but it's actually something that Melissa can be helpful as our, our mm-hmm. venture capitalist and residents. So that's one. We've come up with a process helps, right? So it's it's not about bigger buckets. It's, it's about better plumbing. Um, and then uh, on, the, on the other end, um, the mayor's created the Cafecito Tech Talk uh, series, which is essentially, at this point, he's hosted 150 folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made sure that in his role, he's constantly keeping uh, foot on the pedal around telling the narrative. This is a Miami story, and it's told through extraordinary locals as well as new-to-market folks. So you're going to see uh, – Felicia Hatcher on there. You're going to see Leanne Buchanan on there. You're going to see Melissa Medina on there. You're going to see other founders like uh, Kyra Yasa, who's a Gen Mm -hmm. Z founder um, and is now part of the Pareto Fellowship. You're going to see that alongside uh, somebody from General Catalyst or somebody from a major private equity fund. So I think we're, 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 it's the intentionality piece. Like these things, the natural gravitational pull of things is not going to enable that. And, I, and it's something that I love. It's joy being part of a team with Mike and Melissa and Kevin. And now we have another member of our team, Kelly, who's on loan to us from the University of Miami. And so we're playing zone all day, but we're also spotlighting that it's not just us in the game. Everybody's in the game. So you'll see on our on our Twitter uh, accounts, like every once in a while, we'll just tweet out something to say, like, here are 15 awesome people in Miami that are doing extraordinary things, like check out what Leanne is doing mm-hmm. uh, at, w- with her ready scorecard or check out um, if you want to meet an extraordinary founder that's working in uh, the Caribbean shopping space you know check out kdn and carib shopper like we're always mm-hmm. plussing up to let everybody know that this is truly um everyone's in the game yeah it's almost like a directory of sorts that starts to to happen but so that's that's really exciting i think that what you guys are doing is is, is incredible i commend you for the time that it takes to sort through all that information sure. i know everybody is reaching out and is 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 wanting to get a little piece of you even for just some advice or 
even on a local level, hey, like, how do I get involved? Like, if someone's just curious and they don't maybe have a startup to to bring to the table or they're not bringing a big player, they're just like, how do I get involved? How can I help? So I think that there's a lot of those people that are interested in, in, in being around and helping the community. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to see the, the amount of growth the city has had and the amount of interest around the community and those supporters because I feel like we have come together in this very open arms kind of way like sure I'll take you around like you want to meet for for yep. an IRL like lunch like you were just talking about that that happens that is actually happening like I don't know I do like a lot of 15 minute calls where like I'll set up my calendar with these 15 minute calls and someone reaches yeah. out like on LinkedIn I'm like sure 15 minutes like pick a pick one of the time slots and I'll do a call it might it's you know it's just hey what's going on in Miami here's what I do know and if you want to find out more these are the people you should follow and that's really what i do for 15 minutes yeah. but i know that if, if there's an interest there and someone's curious i would have wanted the same on my end so yeah i think there are plenty of things now there's so many opportunities now like if you just want to kind of plug in and feel it out you have the chris adamo event on, right. on wednesdays uh if you women wanna... tech if uh, women founder and funders with maria dercy as uh, well endeavor absolutely you've got a number of fantastic podcasts that are out there to learn about what's happening mm. in the community is a great start uh, <laughs> this one in particular has been fantastic um and i I think there's also a bunch of training opportunities that are out there. I mean, if you if you caught the SoftBank Operator School, that was an incredible opportunity. If you even, you know, you're doing a different kind of line of work and you want to do more in tech just to be able to offer a pathway for transition. And these on-ramps, I think to your point, and Saif alluded to it earlier with this idea of like an AP, you know, these building out these APIs in technology, these are the interfaces that, you know, that obviously will, will link different functionality or different systems but i think we're borrowing that concept what are the what's the api layer for venture miami so that people can plug in for the city of miami if you want to get into the development of civic and public services an actual api layer where people can get things like open data where people can get um, access to be able to see what's happening with our permitting or with business licensing because again we know that we as government can't solve all of these problems. Mm -hmm. So how do we create a lot of transparency about whatever we're doing and how do we create on-ramps for people to be able to plug in? That is a philosophy I think touches on like the technology we're working on, our philosophy in Venture Miami, what we're hoping other people do. I think Miami's also had, again, talking about some of the messy and some of our challenges, you know, there still is um, you didn't say it earlier this way, uh, Elizabeth, mm -hmm. but like the, the clickiness of Miami. Like, we're clicky. super diverse but there are little factions. So how do we start unraveling that and being like, hey, we're better if we are more transparent and open. Doesn't mean everybody has to hang out with each other all the time, but where are these where are these nexus points where people can say, hey, this is what we're doing. We want to broadcast that because you might be able to build something in a different way that you can see from, from your perspective. It's almost like what you were saying, Saif, about doing those open door events where you bring them all together versus, hey, there's this specific event happening with this group. And it's kind of that's how you mm -hmm. separate the clickiness is like mm -hmm. forcing everybody in the same room because there's an opportunity to do so. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think we've scattered a lot of events as well to continue the flow. Will you say that's part of why it's still sustainable, this ecosystem that we're building? And yeah. I mean, and I think that this idea of in group, out group, we're really intentional about it. I mean, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I still see myself as a kid from Kendall. 
I know that. Um, and I still <laughs> live in the house. I, I, wet, you know, Mike at Wetjeta. You know, and I'm you know, and I still live in Kendall. So I think about uh, the idea of how it, how is it that what we're doing is not about um, sort of a, a a metropole on one end that's a center of gravity. And then there are folks that are operating yeah. in a periphery, but rather creating some an orbital framework where everybody has an opportunity to be engaged, to be plugged in. And what we're also seeing, which is the beauty of it, is that people are self-organizing. They're getting in mm-hmm. the game. We look at stuff like what Chris and the team are doing with the Shrimp Society. We think about all of these other the, – the entire squad that put together Miami Hack Week, they were – for those of us who've been at it, That's I so mean I, I was a founder in you know, I. My software company I created 20 years ago in Miami. Many of these young people who created Miami Hack Week were probably in elementary school. They were not in the in the flow then. So the idea of this sort of uh, broken mindset of thinking about new Gs, OGs, we need to disband of that and instead embrace each other that like reaffirm human dignity and get to a place where let's build cool stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's happening. And I think that that's what's um, – fueling this the exponential engine of Miami's growth, the idea that people are seeing that that's what really matters. I'm going to plug into this, uh, what we're working on at the Beacon Council. We have a subcommittee on the tech committee working on two projects. One of them is Amplify Miami Tech, and it's a three-month sprint. And the goal of it is what's not trending in, within other municipalities that you don't know are, is happening. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that trying to create a unified message, right? Because you've got all these other municipalities. Miami has so many resources right now. You've got Mm -hmm. Venture Miami. You have you. Raymundo also is doing exciting things in Coral Gables. There's a lot of companies like in AI that are also there as well. Mm -hmm. Then you've Mm -hmm. got Doral, which is also doing an incredible amount of things and gaining a lot of interest from a lot of Latin American companies. So we're we're trying to expand uh, the reach a little bit which brings me to the website when you look at every city's website it's a little overwhelming but you don't but they all like have resources but maybe you don't know how to find those resources and then the messaging seems a little different from each one and the story maybe isn't really there but it's there because there's so much work that's been input into these websites all the resources that they offer magazines you know all you know how it works so what we're trying to do is saying okay let's sit with you we've interviewed you know plenty of people and sat down with the offices and said tell us what's you know what what do you've got that we should know about what incentives do you offer if you offer any incentives um what major initiatives are you working on and now let's have a discussion on what your story is from a perspective on technology very specifically on technology reaching out to who you're trying to attract to your city why here because you do have Kendall, you do have Homestead. So then we're creating like a deck that we can then share with them to then share with the public that can also be, you know, shared across multiple municipalities. And then they could say, oh, we have a format when we don't have maybe all of the resources. They don't all have a CIO in mm-hmm. place, which is... But you have standards. But you have standards, yeah. right? So we've we Love started it. to notice that like, oh, Doral doesn't have a CIO in place. But they've got the development, you know, officer, which is really doing everything. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, uh, you, we can help you as a community because we want to spread it. We want to make sure that you understand there is not just living in downtown Miami. You live in Kendall. Like I have family that lives in Hialeah. I know businesses that are in Miami Lakes. Like there's plenty of locations to mm-hmm. be around. So what's different about the website that you're working on now? What, how is that easier for information 
essentially websites, why do you go on there is to find information that I can't reach out to you directly for. Well, you go to the website because the, the premise of our city website is you're you're going in there to do a thing, mm-hmm. right? And I think there historically has been some like illusion with government websites that like people are going to come on, they're going to discover all this content, they're going to spend a bunch of time like reading your like 50 paragraphs you have on the history of, you know, I don't know, the water and sewer process. People are coming and they want to get in and they want to get out. So the main thing that we did on this iteration of the site, which is something we've been planning for a long time, is to move services right top and center. So we've spent really the last few years um, doing a lot of process work to make sure we understand all of the steps in the analog process of things. And then we started the work of digitizing some of these, either in some cases simple, just presenting a web form. In other cases, we're doing a little bit more sophisticated stuff. But surfacing that, the new architecture, you know, a lot of the content is still the same, but we have resurfaced and moved. Uh, now, you know, go to the page and you'll see, like, register a new business right at the top. You'll see watch a city meeting right at the top. This was content that existed but was buried throughout the site in a number of different it's ways. It's to find, yeah. Um, it's an extension of the work that we were doing with our Miami Innovation Academy, which is a program that we launched two or three years ago to teach city employees how to do process mapping and, and uh, waste identification This is essential, and I'm getting to standards, I promise, um, because the idea was not have one chief innovation officer, but could we create 4,000 innovation officers through a training program? You know, the whole idea was to put myself out of business, innovation officer team of one sitting somewhere. It's not a scalable proposition if you want to, you know, really advance innovation across the city. So by teaching employees how to catalog and, you know, get all their step-by-steps, we were able to um, outline a process pull from that the city, the customer-facing steps in that process, and now you've got a step-by-step for your website. So step one, collect your paperwork. Step two, submit it on this page. Step three, and now what you've got is a bunch of structured data. The next evolution of this, uh, you know, and I'll tease what some of my thoughts are about um, the importance of machine-readable processes, right? We've got machine-readable open data that, that um, has been around for a little bit, but there's no, co- there's often not a lot of context next to that. Mm-hmm. So if we had these things machine readable processes, then other municipalities could borrow from that because we could very quickly like do the brain dump of what's in my head from years of experience in government or the person sitting at the front desk accepting applications. Like we are now telling them, it's not enough for that to be in your head, right, on this one person. We want to create massive transparency about the operations of the city. And imagine what's possible after that happens, right? You're open sourcing yeah. the map for how government works, which is often the biggest resistance for people interfacing. Like, I don't know what's happening over there. I can't go over there. I can't get the right answer. So um, what we're doing with the website now is, again, we, we're, we're showing you everything we kind of know right now about the customer-facing processes. We're moving those services front and center so you don't have to dig for them on the site. The mayor has dubbed um, – it's kind of the, the trilogy. We did e-plan for submitting uh, uh, permitting plans. We did e-start for starting a business. And then his charge last January is like, well, now I want every service online. So we want right from, like, businesses right to everything so we're dubbing it, dubbing it E-City Hall, 24-7 Digital Services. Um, and what launched uh, this week, actually, is the, the first iteration of that. We're going to continue to refine. So that's officially up now. It's officially up now. You can go test it. You can give us feedback. It's still a work in progress. Um, we're launching, 
out in the open and getting feedback. You know, some of those services might shift. Someone might say you forgot a really important one. So if that's the case, there's a little feedback button on the right. You can reach out to me on Twitter as well. And It's been a, a big couple weeks for, for Miami, so... You know I'm going to go there, so let's talk about <laughs> Miami Coin. So that was last week, right? It was approved by the commission's office. So yeah. what what does that mean? I think I, I've gotten a lot of questions. I will publicly share that I officially own plenty of Miami Coin. Look at that and full transparency. Yeah, full transparency <laughs> here. In it. Yep, I did. So I think we I had questions on stacks. Where do you buy it? What is it? Where does the money go? What do you mean the commission's office <laughs> approved it? So we got to go full in i need so you guys I'm gonna, to give us i'm gonna some. give i'm gonna give a little bit of macro framing about how the mayor and the city were looking at crypto writ large and then mike can give a full breakdown of the mechanics of uh, of miami coin and the genesis of how that sort of evolved but i'll start with the um the sort of grand proposition that um bitcoin is here uh we are indeed living in a laser-eyed future so I said that because yeah. I promised my kids I would say something like that. That was really, that was just, I had to. Check. <laughs> but it's not the audience. I wanted to say that in a more formal setting where I had a larger boomer grouping that could hear me say that. But that aside, so I think that what we saw, and this is me being a macro policy nerd for a quick second, that um, the pandemic showed us that it's the decentralization of American innovation. The idea that no longer are there one or two nodes that represent these incumbent hubs of innovation. So it's no longer mm-hmm. just going to be Silicon Valley, Boston's Life Sciences Corridor, and a couple of other places. So we, we saw that in as a function of the pandemic, as people sort of took shelter all around America, all over the world, that there are extraordinary things happening everywhere. So that happened. We, we observed that phenomenon in 2020. I think similar to that, we see with what's happened with Bitcoin, uh, other de- uh, decentralized crypto assets, the blockchain, the idea of that we're moving essentially uh, from to a serverless type world, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about sort of data architecture. And I think against that backdrop, Mayor Suarez recognized that innovation is being decentralized in every which way. Talent is moving in multiple different directions. Capital is also getting reconfigured uh, for the second half of the 21st century. And all of that's happening right, right now. And uh, in, in a similar stead, what we were seeing is that in multiple other major markets around the world, and even in North America, we were seeing people that were heavily invested in crypto that saw that there was an opportunity point in this decentralized financial modality. They were seeing uh, a welcoming space in Miami and in the in the personage and in the leadership of Mayor Suarez, who very early on was signaling both in his leadership and being part of the Florida Blockchain Association going back years that this was a this was a place where we wanted to welcome people who were building in and around crypto. Um, and so against that backdrop, we then saw the opportunity point arise for something that was totally unique, totally different. That is the Miami coin story, which is where I passed the ball to Mike to kind of get into the particulars of it. So sometime early summer, I got like a random phone call from our CFO. I was actually out that day. I might have seen it even come in my inbox. Um, But he's like, hey, there's this crypto uh, organization that says they have a mechanism to give the city a bunch of money, like in the millions. Is this this real? (laughs) 
And I said, I'm, I don't know. I was supposed to be sleeping this morning, sir, but I'll jump on this, uh, I'll jump on this phone call. Because, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming through, and a lot of it is noise. And, mm. yeah. um, you know, I, I will confess that a year ago, you'd say blockchain, blah, 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 and my eyes would roll. Like, um, and, and all my other CIO friends in other cities kind of felt the same way because it was such like a marketing buzzy term that was being used. People didn't really have a, a use case. Um, so what Miami coins and city coins are... Miami Coin is a protocol that is built on top of a blockchain called Stacks. Stacks is a level one blockchain that uses Bitcoin, the Bitcoin blockchain, for its security. So there is a relationship to the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, Stacks itself is still a level one, um, but Stacks is capable of smart contracting. So what you end up is a smart contracting. Um, a, a blockchain capable of smart contracts that's still using Bitcoin as its, its security layer, which was interesting to us now having gone through you know, the Bitcoin conference and me sort of getting updated in the space and going deeper on the difference between what Bitcoin does really well and then maybe what some of the blockchains do a little differently. The idea that because we were talking about sort of sound money, the importance of it having a relationship to Bitcoin kind of caught my attention. So that was the the first, I'm like, all right, we can go here the extra the extra step. Pretty early on, they were describing these mechanics where um, by the act of people mining Miami coin, um, and the way that that works is that people submit stacks, right? Whereas in, in the creation of Bitcoin, people are submitting electricity to mine Bitcoin. In the stacks world, you submit Bitcoin to mine stacks, and it's still kind of the same concept. The more electricity that you're kind of putting into the system, the more likelihood you are to effectively win Bitcoin. In Stacks, same concept, except you're submitting Bitcoin to create the Stacks. And then Miami Coin works similar pattern, where in Miami Coin, you submit Stacks to make the Miami Coin. Um, so the Stacks that are submitted to make that Miami Coin for the mining process, the city gets 30% automatically, the protocol takes 30% of that and allocates that to a wallet reserve designated for the city of Miami. The 70% gets redistributed to all of the winning holders of, of CityCoin. So I know that's a lot. Summary, this 30% that has been the mining process for Miami Coin started in, I think it was early August, mm -hmm. in about 40 days generated, to, it might hit it would have hit six million. I think yesterday we had a little bit of a little, a, a little dip in the market, it's right? Okay. Because we're not concerned. We're not worried about that. Um, but it's approaching six million dollars in roughly 45, uh, 45 days. Um, so these numbers that seemed extravagant in June proved out to be quite real. And assuming mining keeps on happening on Miami Coin at a certain rate, this has the potential. It's on track to generate like forty million dollars uh, for the year. It could be. 40 to 80 if mining activity for Miami coin increases. And there's effectively no, uh, there's no restriction. It is a gift. And this is what the city accepted. The way that because we are not um, legally allowed by the state to hold cryptocurrency, effectively what this is, it's a gift from city coins with kind of no ceiling. They will periodically give us a gift of this money in U.S. dollars. In U.S. dollars, okay. Yeah. And it's important to know something that Mayor Suarez has really articulated, Mike. Um, and everything that Mike just described there required 
hours and hours of hmm. d- diligence, conversations, flow charts, all of that. And I want to give uh, a, a lot of props for Mike for uh, really leading through that because there's no template. There's no there you couldn't pick up a, a phone no. uh, and call one of his CIO uh, homies around the country. But if Mayor Suarez was sitting here, one of the things that he would he would say is this experiment and this innovation and, and our city commission in in totality in unison voted to uh, voted in favor of this it is a new way of resource development for cities because this is not tax generated and nor is this philanthropy so it's really charted a third path for resource development that is decentralized but of course then centralized against the city a city's local government rulemaking authority for then the allocation of these important resources to drive meaningful value for this crypto asset. So it, it's it's totally unprecedented that no other city in the world has done something. We're like the this. first. Yes, that we're absolutely the first. It's also a just follow up on your point, Saif. Like the huge mind shift being an innovation space. Innovations often like like I'm scrounging for like hey like fifty extra thousand dollars to do this little project or like we're going to go to the civic uh hackathon events and like you're like can we get enough money for coffee to do the thing right because it's taxpayer dollars and you're going to obviously pay for core services first police fire all the public safety stuff all the, the 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 core operations of the city this kind of stuff often gets left as like extra and doesn't always make you know in time tough budget times doesn't always make the cut you now have another substantive bucket of money that you can do things that really i mean that, 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 you know what will how this will actually be spent you know still hasn't been decided yet but the possibilities now are completely different than they were before because you're they're not they're not taxpayer dollars it's like a voluntary contribution being made to the city from an algorithm Mm-hmm. And, well, and then you've got all, all these all these people who now own Miami Coin. So, I, I what's the benefit to them? You know, when you're buying Miami Coin, I'm you know it's like I always talk about the NFT and the coins mm-hmm. and that, and some sometimes it's all popularity based. Yeah, you know, let's just it's be a, real. It's a big casino. The majority sure. of the time, yeah, it's just like a little popularity. Like, how many coins do you own? And do you, as a community supporter, yeah. do you own coins and why? So, like the how it's being used is crucial so like for us like it's almost like saying like do we have buy-in on what this money is being used for that feels a little bit like there's more it's like being having an nft owning like being a part of a community now because you have that nft so so we were sort of hyper focused right now on on this commission meeting and making sure we even had a mechanism before we even think about spending we had a mechanism to accept yeah. the funds so that's now happened the other thing that i think is actually pretty cool is we're we're going to be putting that money for a period of time into escrow one to continue to do some more due diligence and make sure we've already done background checks on folks involved so like we're still but we're still going just to make sure it's very early it's very yeah. early and then take some time to uh to figure out how we're going to allocate these funds what are the priorities of the community can is there a room for like a dow type situation where like if you're a token holder there's some sort of voting potential to do some stuff now in in coming as a city you know we want to make sure that we are not being uh not excluding folks as well and like 
I get where's you. The ba- that where's could be the complicated balance? because then it's like you have to own it to be to a part own of it, it, right? And we also don't want to create necessarily an ecosystem where like a bunch of people. It's only Miami coin holders that have a vote either. So it's a little complicated. I, but the, the, my favorite part about this project, just from the Inside City perspective, are attorneys, the procurement department, our CFO, the commissioners, have engaged this with this in a way that. I never thought was actually possible because it's it, it's the first time we've ever done it. So even the mind bend that has been happening, that people are like, all right, let me take a step back and not think about this in some traditional government way. That's the most exciting thing for me because these are entirely new models. It's reshaping the way governance works. And it's been a catalyst for that. No matter what happens after this point, like at a minimum, there's... Five million bucks that are there for something really cool, whatever it is, that's going to help people. And it's changed the way that we think about governance and and what people are willing to do to move the city forward. And, of course, that the eyes of the world are on us. And and if we also think through something that matters a lot, which is the generational leap, there was a recent study that came out that the majority of holders of crypto are – 38-year-old white guys. Nothing wrong with 38-year-old white guys. But if the Miami Coin Initiative can do one thing and democratize the imagination, so uh, young people in our community, older folks in our community across different backgrounds, different identities can see themselves becoming part of the crypto movement, I think then we stand a, a better chance at being able to build a meaningful bridge for more people to to be part of this movement. And I think that something like Miami Coin, which right now, um, this is not about sort of buying it or not buying it, but the idea of this template of activity mm-hmm. definitely sparks the imagination of broader people. I mean, wh- there's a there's an extraordinary uh, guy out in the community who goes by the name Captain Haiti, um, who's uh, a very it's much amazing. a crypto, amazing, amazing guy. <laughs> And uh, Commissioner Watson has actually uh, been uh, kind of spotlighted uh, what what Captain Haiti's doing. Look this guy up. He's got a full on like Captain America style shield, but it's it's uh, it's a Haitian flag. It's a Haitian, fl- it's a Haitian flag that has kind of like a crypto, awesome. kind of like a crypto motif. But anyway, the thing about Captain Haiti that's really great is that he's leaning in to thinking about how crypto, uh, blockchain, and DeFi can be leveraged to providing important ser- support services. Uh, to to uh, Haitian relief issues as well as empowering more uh, creators of color in the Haitian American community and the community writ large. So you think about like this movement, what, what's happening with Miami Coin? It's about folks like Captain Haiti. It's about organizations like Five Thousand Role Models, which we're now leaning into and thinking about how is it that we can help empower and and uh, with yeah. information this group of young people so that they too can be part of this ethos of participation that's being created in the city. And you mentioned so there is a question about utility that still has not been answered, right? If you're a holder, what's possible with this? Um, there are a number of hackathons happening from City Coin Central. Patrick Stanley, who's the 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 main guy there, has been coordinating along with a few others in the space um, for the first hackathon around city coins. We hope that that is going to spark some imagination and I would love to see more of those happen here locally for applications that could help the region and things that, that we haven't even thought about doing yet. So it's this, consider that an invite. It's a smart contracting language. What is possible? Can we could build NFTs on Miami coin. We could build, build NFTs on stacks. 
what would be possible if we did that? And hey, look, there's a hackathon coming up this weekend at FIU, and maybe we're going to get a chance to to take a dive in because I think one of the really cool things about this is that it's not only you can't just you, you can own it to be a part of this this movement, but you can also build on it, which I think this is like a super you know Miami Tech uh, way of going about it to to participate. So I want to layer on two things before we close out here because uh, we're coming to the hour here. So one thing, guys, this is new. Like you just said it, this is not, Mm -hmm. it's not something any other city has done before. You know, we're obviously learning, figuring it out. So there are going to be some controversial conversations around this because Mm -hmm. it's new. So we're uncovering it. So if you have thoughts, feedback, share it. I think you guys are open here to listen. 100%. And I do think that maybe some small DAOs could be created along the way, part of another DAO. And and just people can start having these conversations and and giving the feedback. I think we need the brain power of a community to think this through and start getting creative. Um, second thing, how do you buy Miami coin? You download OK Coin. Is that the only way you can get it right now? Two ways to get Miami coin. You can go through the mining process, and you can do that. I think it's citycoins.co. Yep. If you look up City Coins Miami coin, so you can uh, mine it there, or you can buy it outright on OK Coin. Which is probably the easiest way a majority mm-hmm. of people will be Correct. doing it. Our sharing is that easier. information is not an offer of investment advice. Yes. <laughs> That's my Correct. Charles Schwab. We, we hope other exchanges will also yeah, pick it up. Exactly. Thanks. The lawyer in me kicks in to say, by no, <laughs> by no means to be part of this movement that's building, does it require anybody to expend uh, a single a single bit of dollars or resources? But um, I think there's probably a um, a desire to get in the game. And I think to the point that you asked, like, we've got the largest hackathon happening in the state of Florida, which is Shell Hacks, which is put on by a student technology group at FIU called UPE that's going down this weekend. And UPE has like 1,500 members. This is a student-led organization. Uh, it's a extraordinary hackathon that's going to be focused on solutions for important issue topics in our region. But young people across a range of different backgrounds, not just FIU, but Miami-Dade College, UM, St. Thomas, Barry, Florida Memorial, Miami-Dade County Public Schools, really anyone that wants to participate gets in on it. And these are these are extraordinary talent, uh, talented young people that are also unlocking opportunities mm-hmm. in the innovation economy that's happening. So Shell Hacks, check it out. They're basically, it's going to take over the gram and Twitter this weekend. Oh, yeah. you can't, It'll you be, be the able, next. <laughs> you won't be able to open any, any social platform without being... Uh, bombarded by impact and 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 shell hacks. Believe me, hey man, I am gonna be turning up for that. I love hackathons. Love My organization, uh, the Silver Logic, loves hackathons. Uh, we only got ninety seconds left, so it's time for a quick uh, message from our Google Sheet. Of course, the Google Sheet is uh, the single source of truth for all things Miami tech, art, and music. To find this Google Sheet, just go to thegooglesheet.com. That's T H E Google Sheet.com, where it'll be redirected to open access Google Sheet. Uh, let's take a burn through it. Uh, a lot of times. We've been saying, oh, not much going on in the Google Sheet this year, uh, this week. But uh, this week is not the case because it is jam-packed. Uh, today we're on Infinite Attraction right now. Uh, there is a tech mixer going on by Shrimp Society over at the uh, at Marlins Park. And uh, that's going to be a really a really fun one. I'll be there. Uh, the, only because I'm not invited to Women in Tech Happy Hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you going to go to that? I think I am. Good, good. That's the Marcia, uh, um, Maria Darcy one that's going to be at the Tiki Garden. Uh, tomorrow, uh, the Seaworthy Collective is going to have an online uh, little little uh, 
promotion to again push yeah yeah push push their initiative forward and then also tech lauderdale uh, has a little happy hour going on in fort lauderdale again it's a miami's a mindset you know i think all south floridians can can uh, that was that was a part of my 15 seconds of swore as i asked like hey i'm from boca how do i how do i get a part and he's like that's exactly what he said miami's a state of mind thursday it's all going down uh borgor is actually playing a tree at a, a tree house that's a little side note um again Seaworthy is doing an in-person, uh, the one-year anniversary at the at the CIC building. Uh, the Upstream Social is going on at the Ritz-Carlton. I think it's the last time they're going to do it at the Ritz-Carlton. I think they're going to find a new venue. Um, I'm going to be at ATV Records that day. Also, uh, local hero Michael Saman is going to do an AMA at 2 o'clock uh, for his new yeah. book, uh, App Kid, which I believe uh, it's, it's probably number one by now. It was like number two or three when I was driving in, but um, I think that's catching a lot of steam. I can't wait uh, I'm really excited to see that, uh, and then all weekend, nothing but shell hacks. Where 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 do, where, do, where do people go to sign up? Where do people actually go to participate? Is all at FIU main campus? Uh, some of it is on main campus. Some of it is also virtual. So if you go to shellhacks.com, you can find all the information. Mm. It's not too late. Uh, it's going to have all of the awesome raw energy uh, of of a hackathon. Uh, plus, they also intersperse a lot of fun. Like, they'll do uh, a Super Smash Bros. tournament to de-stress in the middle of, like, the frenzy of a hackathon. So, um, And it is a really welcoming and inclusive space for everybody to feel like they're part of what's being built. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you. And, Mike, Excellent. you said you had, uh, you're had you supporting something with Alzheimer's. You want oh, to plug that in here? Yeah, thanks. So I'm also uh, chairing the this year's Alzheimer's Walk in Miami-Dade. So it's going to be a tropical park. It's the Saturday before Thanksgiving. My mother passed away from Alzheimer's uh, last year. Um, today's actually her birthday, and uh, it's also World Alzheimer's Day. So uh, just to create some awareness, if you want to learn a little bit more about mom, you can go to anasarasti.com, and you can contribute uh, to uh, Alzheimer's research there as well as uh, learn a little bit about her life. Awesome. Thank you both so much for being Thanks, here. We you. had a great time. So to the rest of you, thank you so much for tuning in. You know how it is. Every Tuesday, 10 a.m., live. On Jolt Radio. And if not, Jolt. you can listen to us later. Jolt. So we're everywhere else you consume your podcast. Till next time. Shout out to Thanks John and Jolt. Mm. Woo.